Well, welcome to another episode of the Puget Podcast. Uh, today I have with me Dr. Don Kinghorn, who is our resident mad scientist here at Puget Systems. Um, today we're going to be talking about, we're going to be taking a look back and looking at uh, the previous decade and what the major changes uh, have been, as, as well as what are the, the major players over the past decade and, um, and what they, how they've impacted the industry. But before we dive into that, um, Don, why don't you kind of introduce yourself and uh, for those that aren't familiar, kind of explain what your background is and what your role is here at Puget. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's Dr. Kinghorn. Uh, the doctor refers to PhD in theoretical chemistry back in whenever it was, <laughs> mid-90s, <laughs> mid something okay. like that. Um, and uh, mathematics before that. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, and along with all that, I was a theoretician. So that means computers. Okay. And if you think about back to 90s, that kind of means computers from when things really kind of started rolling. Right. So, so I have a very broad perspective on the industry overall. I've worked in, in, in business, you know, with computer in the computer industry for quite some time too. So uh, broad perspective in scientific computing um, and computers in general. Uh, I was one of the first people to start doing uh, clusters, cluster computing. Uh, so and and so you've been around from the beginning. Been around from the beginning. <laughs> it's mo most of uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of it, and so it's it's really nice. It, you know, it gives me a, a way to kind of when I think back and stuff and look at how how things went. It's like oh yeah, okay, I have. Seems like it would kind of give you a cool perspective. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really interesting, and and a lot of people just don't know the history of where things came and how why things are the way they are now. Right. And so, but. Um, yeah, and and like I said, I've I've worked, you know, I've done uh, thousands of clusters computers. Wow. Uh, probably, yeah, maybe thousands. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> including uh, including working with uh, two top five hundred supercomputers, um, and GPU computing from the very 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 first days of it. Yeah. Do you want, do you want to talk a little bit about what your work looked like before you were here at Puget? Oh, before, oh, okay, yeah, before Puget, well, it was kind of interesting, um, you know, uh, going from, from uh, being a graduate student, a uh, little, little story about being, it's like, well, how do you, Don, how do you know so much about computers and all this kind of stuff? And it's like, well, there's a thing, when, when you're a graduate student, you look for all these interesting ways to avoid working on your thesis. <laughs> And, and fortunately, I had a great I had a great uh, advisor, Ron Pashusta, and uh, he gave me a lot of freedom to to be distracted, to avoid your work, sure, to avoid my work. <laughs> so it's, it's you know it's like, what do you do when you're stuck on your thesis? You read a book, right? You know, repeat as needed. <laughs> um, but I was fortunate to have like a, a really nice workstation on my desk. I had one of Steve Jobs' masterpieces, the uh, Next. Oh, okay. And um, so I learned how to take care of uh, uh, Unix. I used, learned Unix system administration, uh, programming in C and Fortran and Perl and Python, Python from day one. Wow. You know, um, uh, did all that stuff. Uh, and because I had a Next, it means I was one of the first people to click a hyperlink. 
because the, the, the next computer, there was a few people that had these and they were doing the development work in, in CERN and uh, the, they had some software. The first kind of browser was a text, text browser. Okay. And if you had a next, you could just grab that source code and compile it and run it and <laughs> bingo, you were the first people on the World Wide Web. Wow. You know? So, so, so that's, that's the perspective I've got on where things are now. A lot of people was like, can't even imagine that. Oh, absolutely. Um, but that was, so lots of nice distractions when I was a grad student. Um, I did eventually buckle down and do some really nice work. <laughs> uh, I also, it, it was very, very heavily mathematics. My thesis work was on matrix, I mean, it was applications of matrix differential calculus and quantum, quantum mechanics. No, easy stuff, right? Easy stuff. Yeah. Um, so I have a, a, this big, background in, in a lot of really kind of bizarre and interesting mathematics, which turns out to be the same kind of stuff you do with modern, uh, the, the machine learning AI stuff that's going on. It's all the same. And, and because of that background, almost any scientific computing, HPC stuff, it's like, yeah, I know what they're doing. You know, so so um, that's why I'm wind up being such a great resource for the like sales guys because it's very rare that somebody will ask sales because we always ask them what they're doing. Well, let's, well, let's take a step back here and talk more about what your role looks like here at Puget now. Okay, and then we can okay. kind of segue into that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. At at Puget. Yeah. Okay. So bringing all that here, it's like yeah, I'm I'm the scientist guy here. So I I'm I'm the scientific computing advisor. That's that's my. That's my official title. Sure, sure. Um, but that means a lot of things, and it means advising a lot of internal advising. So, um, and also I've been you know, doing Linux since day one. So, and and Unix before that. So I have that background for uh, you know helping everybody here when any of those kind of crazy problems come up. Um, and then on the uh, the HPC side. I mean, I've been up to my elbows with that since it really was kind of a thing. Uh, so I can advise on that, even though we mostly focus on workstations, that's still really a big deal because the workstations now are as capable as the big clusters were, you know, back when I was doing clusters. Sure. So the same kind of things, problems come up, um, but then that puts me in a really good position for advising for sales, you know, a customer comes in. Somebody says, oh, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to do some molecular dynamic stuff. I'm doing this and this, this. I'm doing some genome research. I'm doing sequence analysis, um, uh, almost anything. And it's like, well, okay, yeah, I, I've done that. Sure. I, I, know, I know what I, I, and even when I don't know specifically, somebody, because every now and then somebody's doing something like, whoa, okay, that is really cool. I can usually go and look it up and go, oh yeah, this is, this is really interesting. So, so the problems fall into certain classes um, of the computational underpinnings of, of what's going on. Sure, and, sure. Uh, and I'm glad you kind of brought up specific use cases, because I'm really interested in uh, what use cases you tend to get brought into more often uh, when you're working with sales. Well, the, the things that come up the most are uh, machine learning, AI, and molecular, molecular dynamics. Those, those are the most common, partly because I write about them. You know, I do benchmarks, I do hardware testing, 
and uh, all that. And uh, plus, you know, I I do that stuff. Uh, I'm not. I'm I'm more of a pure quantum chemist myself rather than dynamics. Sure. But I mean, that's all been a part of stuff, you know, uh, for ages, and, and and really super. I mean, those are applications where you can do amazing work on with a workstation, a GPU accelerated workstation. Um, so those are the things I usually get called in for because sales is going, I don't know what he's talking about. Cause sure, it, cause sure. You know, they, I, we, we try to ask people, you know, what it is that we're, they're really doing, not just general, but actually a little bit more specific detail. Well, it seems like specifically this industry, it tends to be a lot more project dependent than other use cases might be. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, uh, the best hardware for for a given task can vary widely, not just within a given domain like molecular dynamics, but what it is actually that they're doing. Right. The size of the problems that they're doing, and you know whatever. There's there's lots of variables, um, and uh, yeah, that that kind of uh, being able to advise on that kind of really just comes from experience of you know just kind of knowing how computers work knowing what the underlying mathematics, what's actually implemented on the computer, and how that's going to work and how that's going to affect what, you know, what's being done. Right. So okay, yeah, I can usually, usually make a pretty good, um, uh, pretty good recommendations on, on what to do. And then sales is like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we jump into kind of looking back at the, at the previous decade, can you talk a little bit about, because even, even talking about uh, molecular dynamics and machine learning, even just talking about those things are that's still very vague. Uh, could you obviously, without talking about any customer specifically, uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, specifically the work that people are trying to trying to do within these in these use cases? Okay, just back into molecular dynamics. Sure, that domain. Uh, the the whole idea there is to um, do do simulations of molecular systems. Okay, and and this. Could be something like a protein. You're trying to understand, like maybe how a protein is folding, or uh, problems with uh, maybe like docking, like how a, a drug might uh, interact with some kind of protein or something like that. There, the molecular dynamics is usually like really big systems, um, and that. So this would be someone doing potentially like drug research. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and there, there's, and and you can use molecular dynamics to look at materials, uh, m materials research. You look at interactions, you know, use, and then look at okay, okay, how does something react when it's in water? You know, how how, uh, and it, it all comes down to computing energy levels and stuff like that, and and trying to find structures of how things move. You know, what the dynamics are like, how right. things change over time. Huge, huge computational problem massive computational problem that's that's that is problem that is you know traditionally in the supercomputing realm and uh, the but and now that's being able to be done could, on workstations yes absolutely especially with because of uh, uh, accelerated computing GPUs sure uh, and that, that was an area actually where uh, GPU acceleration worked really well early on it, it wasn't so great in the early days because the computational power wasn't there. Okay. That, it, so problems it, just took too long to solve, basically. Problems took too long. I mean, and they still, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, if, if, you, if you look at uh, how, uh, you know, I, I benchmark with NAMD. If, if you look 
it, it's it's a great program to benchmark with because it has excellent CPU scalability, multi-node scalability, and excellent GPU scalability. Nice. So it's it's a great program to to uh, benchmark with. The uh, but if you look at the output, if you look at what you're measuring, and when you do, you know, and I usually use actually fairly large systems, like you know maybe a million atoms, something like that, right? And uh, the results are measured in days per nanosecond. <laughs> okay, that puts things in perspective. That puts things in perspective. Yeah. How complicated these problems really are. It, in in uh, especially in the early days of the molecular dynamics, it was like days, weeks, months to compute just a. a Fraction, small wow. fraction of a second, a nanosecond. That's wild. It's small, right? Yeah. It's a billionth of a second. <laughs> okay, but processes happen on the molecular level very, very quickly. But, but still, I mean, that's the that's the complexity of the problem. Right, right. And uh, and uh, that it's a very interesting problem because that's basically it's more classical mechanics than it is quantum mechanics. Uh, so it's computing all these forces and stuff like that more in a, in a classical manner. So you can do these huge, massive, huge problems. And the computational capability is what drove that forward. And this, this has been happening in the sciences for a long, long time. It, if you look back, you know, to the, the, the modern era of the, you know, the, the quantum, quantum mechanics era, it was like, we had this most beautiful theory ever. And there's like, great. But you can't do it with tinsel and paper. I mean, you can. And they did. The word computer, well, it, this is open to debate. <laughs> but the, the, the word, com, word computer um, came from uh, Hilleros's uh, lab where they, he, he had come up with a way to actually compute some energy levels for, <laughs> for atoms, right? And, um, but to do the calculation, this, there wasn't even computers really, you know? So it was a room full of secretaries with calculators. Oh, right, yeah. And they were punching all these numbers in and, and doing these calculations. And, and they called the, 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 the people doing the calculations computers. Right, yeah. They're, those are our computers, okay? So uh, anyway, so, <laughs> so th these, these, it's, it's the, uh, the, the increase in computing performance has driven the science forward because you sure. had a, you had a lot of work that was done in in the in the fifties and sixties that was just brilliant but it couldn't really be implemented well you couldn't actually do you couldn't do it yeah you couldn't actually compute the scale at what you could compute wasn't yeah, there, yeah. so so as computing capability got better it's like oh actually we can actually do this now. And that's, um, yeah, so, so advances in computing capability often drive science forward, and probably more so than a lot of people realize. Uh, so I think that's a I think that's a great segue actually into into what we actually want to talk about here, um, okay. specifically this past decade. Um, so let's let's start ten years ago. Where were we? What were the, what was the state of the the hardware industry and 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 what you were actually able to accomplish. Okay. Yeah, th this, is, this is actually really pretty interesting because 
where we were, you know, 2010, where we were at the end of the 2000s. Sure. Um, two th 2000s is when uh, we started doing cluster computing. You know, Linux took hold, and this that was the mo birth of the modern supercomputing era. And and CPUs were good. Uh, they were this this was uh, in the 2000s. This is when AMD was really killing with the Opteron. They they had higher core counts, and these were just great platforms. Um, Intel was struggling because AMD was being innovative, 64-bit, <laughs> right? It's AMD 64. Sorry, Intel. Um, but yeah, so that that's kind of where things were. And another really really interesting thing happened in the 2000s that that maybe you might not really think about this very often. Uh, but towards towards the, the the end of the 2000s, video games, gaming was getting really really good. You know, you had the uh, the the PlayStation came out. Just, you know, it was killer. It was awesome. Yeah. And uh, Nvidia and ATI at the time, you know, before AMD got them, the, the video cards were getting really, really good. They were, they were, they were getting good. And it was, um, if you're, if you're a scientist and you're, you're sitting here going, okay, I'm going to run this job. You're trying to get every bit of performance because you're waiting weeks, months for a calculation to finish. It's like, we need more. For we potentially want one more. nanosecond. We want more, yeah. Yeah. right? And so there's. You start looking at things like, wow, and it, it, yeah, maybe 2006, 2007, right around in there. Um, Nvidia had the um, uh, the GeForce the 8800. Okay, uh, that GPU was really, really good, and it was good enough that people started looking at it and going. Wow, you know, and, and they they started playing the numbers games. Like, mm. okay, this will do this many shaders, you know, whatever. All these all these performance measurements, and if you're a computational, you're a chemist, you're you know, scientist, whatever. You're going, I want that. <laughs> like wow, taking okay. it outside of the context of, yeah, of it, gaming. Yeah, it's yeah. like man, is those, those are really capable processors? Because you're you know, we were frustrated with what we could do on CPU, and. Uh, so everybody just was starting to look at how can we accelerate what we're doing? Are, are there special chips that we can use? Is there something that we can do to speed things up? We can just, you know, what can we do? And um, w one of the things was people started looking at, at the video cards and go, well, what's actually going on in a video card? And it's like, okay, these are the little four vectors in here for computing shaders, whatever, how, you know, however all this works. It's like, that's a vector. I, I know about vectors. <laughs> I'm a scientist, right? Sure. So you start you start going, oh well, maybe I can actually do something with a video card, with a, like a shader language, and fool the video card into actually doing a calculation. <laughs> maybe doing a matrix multiplier or something, a fundamental operation. And sure enough, it was possible. I played around with this stuff a little bit, you know, just ha hack uh, hacking in that sense of the word. Right, right. Hacked around with trying to get some, and other people were doing this. It was like, wow, okay, yeah. This, this is actually really pretty fast, but it was huge, huge pain. Um, and then uh, there's there's kind of a there was there's there's a few pivotal points, but right there at the the end of the 2000s, uh, people were were looking at this stuff and they were trying to do things, 
And NVIDIA took notice that, that, whoa, okay, these guys are actually like trying, these hacker mad scientists are trying to do calculations on our GPUs. Cool. Yeah. So, so, and, and ATI was doing it too. Uh, it's like, okay, well, how, what can we do to make this easier so that, you know, they can actually do this? And uh, NVIDIA came up with CUDA. Um, ATI had a, a, an approach that was more low level, more like a machine level. Uh, and it was just a little bit too, too close. It was called close to the metal at one point. And it was too, too difficult to work with. Gotcha. But, but uh, NVIDIA uh, worked up some libraries that, were, that you could use with C. They, so they had the an NVIDIA C compiler, the uh, preprocessor, that you could write little kernels that you could offload to the GPU and run in, in the context of C. And it was not mind-numbingly difficult to do. <laughs> it was not easy. Because you had to, you had to manage memory, you had to memory transfers from the CPU side to the GPU side, and you had to buffer everything. You you had to manage stuff a lot, but it was actually possible to do. Right. And that that was um, I had to actually check the 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 dates on that. It looks like the first CUDA came out in about two thousand seven. Okay. And so p- people jumped on it, st- started putting things together. Um, and then I don't this I went to a symposium or workshop something at NCSA the National Center for Supercomputing Applications in uh, Urbana-Champaign okay and it was um, it was a it was a, a workshop for everybody that was actually tinkering around with accelerators and the, the, the PlayStation that had an IBM chip in it called the Cell, the Cell B, Cell Broadband Engine. Intel or IBM made a, uh, a a version of that chip for like more serious kind of compute stuff. And uh, so at San Diego Supercomputer Center, they actually put a bunch of these things together and try, and it was a brilliant talk that this guy <laughs> gave because it was like they spent all this time, they did all this, and they finally actually got a some code written and a calculation to run but he he gave this most brilliant and hilarious uh, presentation and it was like yeah this is not worth it <laughs> you know this just didn't work and the, the so there was all these kind of things going on there but there there was uh, people doing gpu stuff and um and including todd martinez who's uh, a great um uh, quantum chemist computational chemist yeah uh, he was there at uh, University of Illinois at the time and he's at Stanford now he's a Stanford professor there but um, he started working on on some quantum chemistry code with that was GPU accelerated and so so he was working together with a, a, a brilliant uh, uh, Russian uh, researcher that was working with him at the time and I, I can't remember his name <laughs> um, but so they did this you know TerraCam and and you know, I was working at Parallel Quantum Solutions at the time, so I really wanted to talk to Todd. And it's like, Todd, this is brilliant. This stuff is great. Because I had, I've been messing around with GPUs, and I've been messing around with CUDA, and I was going, yeah, this is this is it. He was kind of like running the symposium a little bit, and and the at the um, 
the end of the conference, it, you know, everybody, it was a small group. There was maybe, maybe 40 people. There. Oh, wow. Yeah, this was, this was people that were actually doing this stuff at the time. Right. Okay. There were not a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, but it was at the end of the, end of the thing, it's like, Todd's going, okay, what have we learned? What have we got here? It's like, okay, this is it. The way forward is we're going to use GPUs. We're going to use NVIDIA GPUs and, and CUDA. It's the only thing that makes any sense. And it was the only thing that made any sense. And, and when was this? That, that was, okay, this was after CUDA, so it had to have been after 2007. It may have been 2008 or 2009. Okay. And when was, the, when was the moment then that it kind of took off at being accessible kind of at scale? Oh, I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. I don't want to get too far ahead of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, se I'm setting the stage. Okay. I'm setting the stage. So this was the end of the 2000s. It was like, okay, here we go. And, and uh, oh, man, okay, what? Yeah, you know, I, this is part of my, like, NVIDIA tech company of the decade thing, right? When I, when I thought about doing that, I thought about, okay, what, was the, what really happened in the decade? Well, spoiler alert, I was say, saving that for the end. But. Oh, no, no, well, okay. But it was like, okay, this is, it's NVIDIA. You know, this, this was hugely significant. The, uh, um, the GPUs, it, this all kind of started with the, uh, that GeForce 8800 and, and, and uh, CUDA-1. The first, the first issue of, of, of CUDA, sure. and then NVIDIA went, okay, hey, let's make a GPU for, for specifically for compute. So the very first Tesla, Tesla uh, C, C, what would they call it, C, C870, C860, um, that didn't have graphics output. I mean, this was for compute. So NVIDIA went all in. Right. It's like, okay, we're serious about this, we're gonna support this community. And they just kept developing this, they just kept going forward with this. Um, you know, that, that got up into, uh, you know, the 9800 GeForce cards and then the Tesla and the Quadros were all being used for this. Um, right up to about 2010, right at the start of the decade, the, the um, CUDA was still at, at the, still fairly early, but it was maturing rapidly, rapidly. And, uh, the, NVIDIA was just was brilliant with this. What NVIDIA defined what a ecosystem is for development. They, as, far, as far as I'm concerned, they did it. They, de they defined it. And the ecosystem for CUDA, CUDA devs was just fantastic. They showcased everything that everybody was doing. Everything was public. They, they kept cranking on CUDA, trying to make things better and better. They started doing educational things. Uh, and now, was that due to the fact that they, that they knew that that was the direction everyone was trending, or was it being adopted at that rate as well? Or both, I guess. It, b both. Yeah. But, but they were making their money. They weren't making big money from this. They were making their money from gaming. Right. You know, this is what supported all that. But NVIDIA had the foresight and the nobility to do this, you know, to actually like, okay, this is a great thing to do. So, so they supported the computing, uh, accelerated GPU, accelerated computing. They supported it all out and they dumped their money into it. That's what the, they moved it forward and they just did a brilliant job. 
Um, and and this really took off right about 2010. You had the GTX uh, 280, 280, 285. Uh, those, uh, you might remember some of those is it houston you might remember the, the, <laughs> the, the um but too early for me those those <laughs> those, gee, those cards were fantastic you they were stable the performance was great it was very clear this was like way better than doing this stuff on on cpu gotcha like this is definitely going to go forward and and that was uh, see the the GTX 280 295 was a dual GPU one, and that was the Tesla um, C C160 C1 or 1060 1070, um, and um, that cemented it. Th- that was a no brainer. Everybody was doing this because every anybody could go out and get one of these cards. You could afford it and tinker and try it, and so it exploded. Everybody was trying to, to port code to the GPU, trying to do it. Right. And it was, it was obvious that that was, you know, that was the way forward. And um, that starts in to the decade. Now, and uh, because people wanted something better than CPU. They wanted, they wanted something to accelerate their codes. And this was obviously it. So, th- so that started the decade. Um, now, so okay, I, so I laid the thing. Now you, no, you. What was your, what was your question? Your original question. You said uh, okay, just uh, looking, looking back ten years ago, kind of what okay. was, the, what was the state okay, of things? So I think that's that, that, that was, yeah, that, yeah, that was, that. that was the state of things right there at the beginning of the decade. 